What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bourbon Buzzed and Ballin' Podcast, and we're back for another week of sports talk and not, bourbon drinking. Not just any week. Oh, it's yeah. Tennessee Hate Week. That's Tennessee Hate Week. And in honor of that, we're going to break out the old elk cigar cut. And I might even fire me up a stogie during the show. Uh-oh. Maybe a little foreshadowing? Let's hope so. Or we might be jinxing ourselves. One. One or the other. Well, you know, you got to do it before the show, because if we did it, if we lose, then we wouldn't want to do it next week. So. Well, you're going to smoke a damn cigar anyway. Yeah, it's not like I don't smoke them anyway, so. It's yeah, not, I don't. It's not I don't like do I'm the, trying to jinx us or anything. I don't do the cigar thing because uh, of an episode. Yeah. So I, I haven't been back on the cigar wagon for quite some time. But. So I got a little green. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, we got a big week. We got a big week to talk about. We yep. got, obviously, we talking some football, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Bust, but, us, bust us in. We, all always, right. we always like to jump off with a toast. We always start with an opening toast, so I'll let you kick things off. All right. Well, I got to go down to my notes because I, f- I forget all the stuff already. <laughs> um, I'm going to go ahead and toast. It's kind of kind of be like a backhanded toast compliment to the NC2A for reinstating Tez Walker. Okay. I, I was wondering where you were going with that because... You usually trash the hell out of the NCAA. Well, I'm going to trash them anyway because, you know, <laughs> not only did they, they reinstated Tez Walker, but then they they quickly, you know, blamed the program at UNC. Yeah, yeah they said it was UNC's fault yeah, that they, they didn't disclose enough information. Sure, you know, they couldn't just... They couldn't just do the young man a solid and reinstate him like they should have five weeks ago. Right. They, they had to go ahead and try to save a little face. But I'm going to give you credit, NCAA, for doing the right thing and, and giving him a chance to get on the field. And he's been showing out since he's gotten on that field. Yeah, I mean, he went for he went like a, a two-day practice and put up 40-something yards. And then last week he gets a full week of practice and he – Puts up over 100 yards, three tutties. Yeah. So I think he's kind of made his impact known. And yeah, Carolina's looking good. And we'll talk more about them when we get in, yeah. into our college football segment. But that's uh, it. Well, that's, that's my toast, man. I'm going to give the NCAA a little credit when I should. All so right. Cheers, cheers, NCAA. Y'all still suck and you're irrelevant. <laughs> you know. All right, well, my opening toast this week is the GOAT. The GOAT. Yeah, that's right. Nick Saban got his 200th win while being the coach at the University of Alabama. He's like at 280-something overall, but just for Alabama career, that makes 200 wins against only 28 losses. And that's in 17 seasons. So that's that's not even two losses, average of two losses a year. That's that's pretty damn impressive. Pretty legendary. You know, he's got, what, six natties at Bama. He's got eight SEC championships. And he's had 44 players drafted in the first round, yeah. including his first number one overall and the school's first number right. one overall, uh, Bryce Young. So, yeah, I guess when I do the TikTok, I'm going to have to throw that homer alert up there. But That's all right. And countless but, head coaches. And, you know, we've – you know, he's signed a contract extension to the year 2030. So, we've got him for another seven years. Until he's 79, you know, we're yeah, that, 79 years old. You know, we were talking about, well, we'd like to see Coach Prime. There ain't no, if, if Nick comes close to running out this contract, there ain't no way Coach Prime's coming to Bama. 
Shit, he might be on a walker by then. I'm telling you. Hey, you know. I mean, his hair's turning orange. There's no, it's turning <laughs> loose. <laughs> when he gets in the sun, man, his hair is like a weird color. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, of course, the 200 victory was a struggle win, but well, it's you know, there, win. there again, we'll talk about about that when we get into the college segment. But uh, I, I, I had some other ones I was thinking about, but I, you know, had to recognize that milestone. You know, that's good. What a great career he's had at the University of Alabama. We, we wouldn't be bourbon buzzed and balling if we didn't do a little bit of homer. That's right, or so, a lot of homer actually. So goat, I mean, Coach Saban. <laughs> Go. Cheers, cheers, Coach. Here's the many more victories. That's right. 200 let's, more for the next seven with, years. Let's start with 201 <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, we need. We definitely need that. What you sipping on tonight? Well, I'm. You know, I'm still sick, boy. I'm still sick. Still under the weather. Still coughing. So I went with a little beekeeper. Yeah, get a little honey get in there. A little there. honey. You know, I like some honey. So yeah, he was actually over there. I, we got a buddy that uh, raises his own bees and does his own honey. And so before the show, he was over there. Getting in my my raw honey over there. And that's after I already got into my raw honey because the same <laughs> buddy gave me the, right. the honey as well. But, yeah, no, I'm still sick, man, but yeah. it's all good. So what you sipping on? I actually am sipping on the Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. You know, this cigar cut, it's, it's a high proof tonight. It's 110. Uh, so I went ahead. Ramping went, up a little bit. Yeah, I didn't quite want to get up there and kill all my taste buds before we got to it, but I wanted to. Ease into it a little bit, so uh, went with a bottle and bond, so I get that hundred proof. So, all right, you yeah, want a significantly darker bourbon than mine? Yeah, of course, course you know yeah, honey, honey yeah. base. So yeah, so no, that's, that's a good one, man. I like that heaven. I do too. I just we we were at a restaurant and uh, they had they had just got a bottle in, and uh, so I said, yeah, let me get a uh, you know pour of that neat and, and sat down at the table. Enjoyed it, loved it, and I'd never seen it anywhere around here. So, I thought you had a bottle. I, I well, I, I I bought two that night. I got. I actually okay. got up from the dinner table, went down the road to the ABC store, and found bought two bottles of it, and then went back to dinner. I got, hey, when the, you, same, when, I got the same question, but I ain't gonna <laughs> ask it right now. When you find something you like, <laughs> and you ain't seen it before. He must have been at like uh, you. You must have been at Chill Fire. No, right, I was. Right? No, I was. It was in. Um, uh, down down by Oak Island. Um, oh, I guess I can't remember the name of that little town that we went. We went to a restaurant, but uh, yeah, no, it was a. Uh, oh, okay. It was down at the beach. So the ABC store was close. Yeah. Yep. All right. All see. right. You want to roll into some scumbags? Let's do it. I guess I'm going first. You going first? Cause I got. You got another. I got more visual aids. Another cause, visual Cause aid. you ain't gonna believe mine. Oh, okay. I didn't believe it when I first saw it. All right, well, cool. Well, I'm gonna go with the obvious. Well, maybe not quite an obvious, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna call out Shane Beamer. <laughs> I'm gonna call out Beamer for first oh, of all, oh, broken foot Beamer. Yeah, first of all, for his post-game interview where he just threw his team under the bus, you know. And one thing about Coach Beamer is, you know, they came into the season with a lot of aspirations mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know. Experts, yeah, thought and I, I thought I this actually, could be the chance, you know, that they had some, you know, had some say so on the East, but doesn't look that way. Coach Beamer doesn't look that way at all. In fact, you know, your your team, you know, you threw your team under the bus. You know, you didn't have anything. You call, you said you called all the right plays. 
and that they didn't execute, you know. When he jumped on the Stoops NIL bandwagon yeah. also. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you throw a little hissy fit in the locker room, and I'm guessing you probably kicked a, a bench or something, yeah, whatever I, I, was in your way, I didn't see, foot. Yeah, I didn't see what it said he kicked, but he kicked something and, and broke his foot. I mean, I can appreciate the, uh, the, the, the passion. energy and the passion yeah. for sure. I mean, coaching, I, I have no issues with that whatsoever. But Throw a clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just don't throw your guys under the bus, yeah, that's, man. Yeah. You, no, you as, as the head coach, you take it, whether it's your fault or not. And, and that's why I, I was on Cristobal last week. Right. He let his OC take credit for that loss. No, you're the head coach. You take responsibility. For sure. anything that goes bad, it's your fault. Anything that goes good, you give the credit to the person that did the good sure. or the coach that did the good. That's that's the nature you of you hired the staff. That's the nature you of recruited that position. the kids. You Absolutely. know, you didn't prepare the kids, and and you know, even even still, he kind of half asses jokes about you know breaking his foot and yeah. talks about having passion, you know, and and that's true. You got a little passion, I get and, it. And, but. and I and I was I was a fan of his, and I thought it was a good hire for South Carolina, and I thought really I could see them going places, but. Some of his true colors are starting to come out, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I can see that hurting recruiting. Yeah. I can see that you know you lose faith in your locker room, and you start throwing your kids under the bus, and they're really not kids. You start throwing your players under the bus. Right. I mean, that's to me, that's that's where the ship starts sinking. So that's that's my scumbag. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So Sunday night, I'm watching the Giants and. They almost, they almost pulled that one off against the Bills, and we'll talk about that more when we get into the NFL segment. I'm, I'm watching the Giants game Sunday night, and it gets over. I'm not ready to go to bed yet, so I hit the guide, pull up the ESPN series of channels, and I see one that says PFC, MMA fighters. I'm like, all right, well, let me check this out. So... So I flip over to the ESPN channel, and what do I find? PFC is pillow fighting. Pillow fighting. So ESPN is now airing grown men pillow fighting. <laughs> grown men. Well, I mean, you know, and I'm not going to take anything away from these guys. I mean, they look, they look athlete, like athletes, you know. But... Uh, Okay, but yeah, the worldwide leader in sports. I'm not. I'm not recognizing this as a sport. And it's funny because I was watching it, and uh, the announcer. It actually sounds kind of entertaining to me. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm thinking about watching some <laughs> some pillow fight. Well, I watched it. I watched the very end of the fight that that was going on, and and the the, the announcer that they announced the winner, and the score was like five to four. So I have no idea because they were beating the hell out of each other with these pillows. I don't know what counts as a score and what doesn't. I haven't watched enough of it yet. But uh, so the announcer says, you know, they, they, they announced this one guy as the winner five to four, and the, and the commentator says, I, I understand why the crowd is upset. I thought to myself, me too. They're at a fucking pillow fight. <laughs> Please tell me, and hopefully everyone else is thinking this, is there a lingerie pillow fight <laughs> I did not see that division. Now that? Mm, I ain't going to lie to you. Now that, that's got potential. <laughs> that's got potential, pillow fighting. I was almost, I almost called out the Olympic Committee for, 
adding flag Some football of these that they're adding. to their sport list. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, come on now. It's, when's the end of the line? Pillow fighting? But you watched it, didn't you? I watched for about five minutes, okay, like I said. They, they, it was the, the end of the fight. And then it went to the decision, and like I said, they scored it five to four, and it was a two-round fight, I think. And uh, I was like, <laughs> "You get tired like, pillow fighting? I, like, I mean, were they slugging each other, like, or were they just I taking mean, like was, one after the other?" It was a lot. I mean, it was a lot of bobbing and weaving, and and I mean it. And it's in a ring. Yeah, it was it, this one was in a boxing ring, and. Uh, and they got like they got designed pillows. It looks like like it's not real pillows. Like I mean, they had like the the had handles on the pillows. Yeah, see, it would so, be it would be cooler I if mean, it was just like a pillow off your bed. I mean, you know? I mean, you know, this is ESPN. I'm expecting. I mean, what's next? Uh, we gonna watch people slap each other in the face? Oh wait, oh, wait that's all right. Yeah, they're already doing like, that. Um, hopscotch? You know, I don't. That's kind of already televised, isn't it? The jump roping. Yeah, maybe dogs running down piers and jumping into the lake. You ain't talking about YouTube. That's all on YouTube, man. I don't know. I, yeah, that's some. I mean, that's kind of weak sauce, scumbag, right there. But I, I had to, I had to call him out. I mean, it's different. I give him that. I'm looking for a for effort. I'm for looking sure. for sports. I don't consider pillow fighting a sport. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty ugly. So. <laughs> Just, just outside the box a little bit. Go, went a different good. way. I mean, you, you always picking on me for uh, calling out rapists and murderers and thugs, and so you know, this week I called out some pillow fighters. Pillow fighters. <laughs> yeah, you went from one extreme to the next. Went from exactly. guns to pillows. Okay. All right. So mine maybe in retrospect was a little boring. But, you know. <laughs> Plus, it gave me a chance to put up some some pictures. <laughs> I got you. So. Let's, All right, well, let's let's come in hot. I'll let you, you know, kick it off. I'm going to fire up this. I got a Drew Estates. Well, you are going to start your stove up. Yeah, this is a, a Maduro, so it's a little bit, uh, you know, darker wrapper. It's called an Undercrown. And uh, so this is, now I'm going to get a lot of secondhand smoke tonight. That's right. Pile on see, my cough. see if I can get you coughing a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you already. <clears throat> Okay, so, you know, obviously let's, you know, the, the elephant in the room, Brock Bowers. Mr. Bowers out four to six weeks, maybe maybe even on the long end of, of that well, six yeah. weeks. But, but he's a beast, so I, I wouldn't have any, it wouldn't shock me to see him coming back. Well, he had that tightrope surgery. That yeah. a lot of, a lot of, you don't never hear about any pros getting it, but you hear a lot of college kids getting it. And... Uh, yeah, so like you said, he'll be out four to six weeks, and it'll be be interesting to see what what happens with those bulldogs. Now, I mean, they still, you know, they they've got to. I think they're off this week. Yeah, it was. And they've got good timing for yeah, them if they had. I know those. they're going to have games against Ole Miss, Tennessee, Missouri, Missouri. So I mean, there's some. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about their schedule. I mean, obviously. Their schedule's weak, as it could be. I mean, it was easily one of the weakest in the top 25, for sure. So, not a big deal for them. I mean, they padded some stats along the way. I think Bowers accounts for like 27% of well, their you, passing game. Well, you know, I, I didn't. I thought that he single-handedly won the Auburn game for them. Oh, yeah. I think a lot so, of people think Without that. him, I think they lose to Auburn. And Auburn... Auburn's... 
you know, I don't. I, I would that strong. I would put Auburn. I would put them below a Missouri, a Tennessee, and an Ole Miss. I would too. I mean, I think Auburn's really nice on the defensive side, but offensively, they're they're a train wreck. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, no. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I really, I feel like even though he only accounts for twenty seven percent of their offense, well, it's more than that, yeah. really, because you're, you're you pulling can, defense. Over to him. I mean, who can guard a tight end of, of his right nature? Nobody. I mean, you can't guard a tight end. Look at Kelsey in the NFL. Right. You can't guard him because what you're going to put on him? You're going to put a, a DB to keep up with his speed? Well, he's going to out-physical yeah. a DB. You're going to put a safety on him? Well, he's going to outrun a safety. Same yeah. thing with a linebacker. You can put two over the top of him, but now, now you got one-on-ones right. elsewhere. Well, but now that – the opposing defense doesn't have to game plan on how they're going to stop Brock. They can take away a different aspect of the Georgia offense, which is going to limit them even further. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be a challenge. You know, and it, luck, luckily for Georgia, yeah, luckily for Georgia, it didn't happen earlier in the season because, right. you know, you know, like we talked, they've had an opportunity to get a little bit better. Against uh, weak competition. Against, you know, Carson yeah. Beck's had a chance to get better. Um, so it it comes. There's never an opportune time, but probably at a at a better time than if it were to be at the very beginning of the season, or you know, because there's still a chance he could get, be able to get back and play in an SEC championship or college playoffs. So I definitely see a, a player of his caliber getting back for the SEC championship. But then again, but will what kind of reps will he have prior to that? Well, and then again, do you know, he's a he's a top 5 NFL draft pick. Yeah. Does he decide to forego I, I'm just going to rehab and get ready for the NFL. I don't see I don't see him doing that. But you can't completely take it off the table. No, you can't. But I I I agree. I think he's a I think, I think he's a he's team a player, higher caliber dude. I think that. he would love to be a part of a three-peat. Yeah, you know, and and so. and uh, you know, he, UGA is talking about next man up mentality, which is true. But he's not your normal man, so it's not like you can just plug and play another five star because he's he's a six star. Well, you know, I mean, I mean really look at look at star on him. Look at what happened to us two years ago when we lost Jamison, right. our best offensive weapon. We were in control of that Natty. He goes down. The whole, we were there. We were at that game. Yeah. The whole energy in the building completely changed. Yeah, it changed and you could feel it. You could feel field. it on the sideline, on the yeah. Alabama sideline. Last year, Marvin Harrison Jr. completely changes. It does the, the outcome of that game. Maybe, maybe not the outcome, but the momentum, the complexity, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, now George is going to have to see can they adapt to this adversity. You know, it didn't happen in a championship game like it did sure, for yeah. the, the, you know, to benefit them the two years previous. Right. It happened against Vandy. Yeah. In which they struggled. I mean. I would relate it more to when Tua had to do it and LSU was able to reap the rewards of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. by going on and playing for, and winning the natty. Because a healthy Tua. In LSU's supposed – Greatest team ever season. Yeah, where you know they had to they had to take down a wounded. Yeah, Alabama and they barely and barely did. did it. Yeah, I was at that game. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're the uh, 
Oh, God <laughs> almighty. I've never thought of that. Maybe I'm bad luck, which is good because I won't be at Saturday's game. Yeah. I won't be at any game for Alabama this season. I don't right. I think I'm taking the season off. I, I, I teased earlier about UNC. You know, they're in the top ten now. They're undefeated. Yeah. Um, A very quiet sleeper playoff yeah, team as they've well. Yeah, got, they've got Virginia this week, which should be a cakewalk. Their schedule lays out beautifully they, for they, them. They've got Duke, but uh, is Duke's starting nah. quarterback still out? Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah, he's still out. Yeah, so, you know, they should be able to – and I think it's at UNC. I don't think it's at – yeah, I mean, which they're across the street from each other anyway, so it's not really like a road game. Sure, I mean, basically they have Clemson. That's yeah, the Clemson game, and then Florida State in the ACC championship. Yeah, uh, if they handle their business, so, now, which I, like, I would, I, I would enjoy watching that game. I mean, I think I looked at I looked at the teams yesterday, and I, I mean, to be honest with you, I like UNC over FSU. I mean, I like, you know, obviously. It's a tight race. It's a tight yeah. race defensively. It's a tight race uh, quarterback wise. But I give yeah. the I give the edge to UNC barely. Mm-hmm. But I like UNC. I like. Well, right now game. Drake May because of the Caleb shit in the bed last weekend. You know he's now leapfrog him as as the number one quarterback to be drafted uh, in some according to some of the experts. But uh, yeah, right, right. Uh, you know. I, it, <laughs> um, but but sticking on North Carolina, I kind of jumping around a little bit there. We'll talk about USC and Caleb here in a second. But uh, if USC and Florida State hold serve, obviously the winner of the ACC championship tickets punched. Yeah, and quite possibly, possibly, possibly the number one seat. Yeah, and quite possibly two, depending on possibly depending, depending on what happens with Bama. I, yeah, I could see the SEC. This. Could be the year that the SEC were to get left out. Hmm. You know, if Georgia's if Georgia falters, if Georgia stubs their toe, and, and then they still don't win the SEC championship, that puts them out because that would give them two losses. Alabama would have to stub. Their if toe. Alabama stub their toe one more time and beat Georgia, it'd be tough. You know, depend on what how the other ones play out. But if there's going to oh, be, I definitely don't. I don't see a two a two loss SEC. Well, and if, un, if, un, I don't see a two loss SEC. Yeah, it'd be yeah, tough unless if everyone holds serve. I right, can, right. I could see uh, UNC and FSU getting to the ACC championship, battling to the end, and both of them getting in. Even the loser quite possibly getting in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you still got Oklahoma out there. You got Washington out there. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. got a lot, a lot of football to be played. Yeah, I sure. mean, there's a, there's still I think uh, eight or nine undefeated teams, but a lot of them play each other. Yeah, you, know, you got all three of the of the uh, Big Ten, right? Michigan, Ohio State, yeah. and uh, Penn State. Penn State. So there's yeah. going to be some L's in there. There's going to be L this weekend on one of those two. Right, Penn State and Ohio State play this weekend, so that'll right. be a good game to watch. Um, I, I mentioned it last week. Pac-12, you better better do your shit talking soon because the shine's wearing off, and now they're just down to Washington. Yeah, they're pretty much down to. I mean, you, I think we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with USC. I yeah, mean, they they were struggling against. They have no defense. That's a Lincoln Riley staple. I almost wanted to put Lincoln Riley as my scumbag because he is he is wasting one of the generational talents at quarterback. Poor kid's not going to get a natty. Yeah. And and he's clearly, well, you know, one no, of the best quarterbacks expect, we've seen. Nobody that signs with Lincoln Riley should go in there thinking they're going to get a natty. I mean, he's he's proven. Can't, 
can't outscore them everybody no, all the time. No, no. You're going to come up against a, a balanced team that's got a hell of a – you know, like a Georgia with, with a hell of a defense. Washington's legit, man. Mm -hmm. They're legit. Yeah, but they still – they still got some tough games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they you do. Know. I mean, yeah. Oregon's legit, but they coach and, and you know, uh, them. You know, although uh, Cam Rising probably is not playing again this year, right? Utah is always a team to be reckoned with. That don't, don't take them lightly right? Or, or you will regret it. I think they're definitely – They're a spoiler. They're definitely only a spoiler without Cam Rising. I mean, I think losing him was – Will hurt their chances. Did you watch the Colorado game last Friday night? I watched some. I actually watched the whole game. I watched the first half, <laughs> and I figured, okay. Well, that's what I was. I was about. I watched the first half, then I got up, went, and made me a little snack, folded some laundry, and was going to go to sleep. Came back and. Uh, that wide receiver for Stanford had just scored like a 97-yard touchdown, and it was now it was 29 to 12. It was 29 to nothing at the half for anybody that didn't keep up with it. So I'm like, well, you know, Stanford might make this a game now. So I kept watching and kept watching and kept watching, and it turned out to be a hell of a game. And that wide receiver, and I, I should have looked, uh, wrote down his name because I don't remember it off the top of my head. Yeah, but that kid. He had like 292 yards receiving in that game. He made Travis Hunter his bitch. Oh, yeah. I mean, he – Travis was trying to guard him. But he reminded me of like a Mike Evans, you know, big. He was big like yeah, that? Yeah, he was big, but he was fast. And and uh, Travis just couldn't hmm. handle him. No, I, I saw 29 to nothing. Yeah, I watched the second quarter. Yeah. And uh, – 29 and nothing at the half, and at the half I was like, nah, I'm, I'm done. I mean, right? Yeah, because at halftime was like midnight. I mean, yeah, Stanford, <laughs> Stanford. I figured was gonna be Stanford. And yeah, no, it, it, so, yeah, it went on to, to a shock. Yeah, it went on to like 2:30 in the morning, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I couldn't stop watching it. It was that entertaining and back and forth. And like I said, that kid for Stanford, I, he, he's a hell of a wideout. <laughs> and, and there again, I, I mentioned it. On one of the first couple of episodes, I didn't think Colorado's could hold up. And, you you know, I was saying more towards the second half of their season. Yeah. But you see it within a game. That Yeah, I mean, that, that loss kind of, you know, I, I, had them, I had them pegged out at five wins, I believe. So, that was clearly one that I had figured. Put on the win. Well, I mean, they were a huge and, favorite and. You know, so that that does that does definitely cut the steam down on the Dion train for sure. But I mean, I still, well, he, I still for think, what he's doing with yeah. what he has to work with is yeah. still super impressive. And he, and he hasn't even had a full cycle he, of recruiting. He should possibly so, have one or two wins right now. Possibly, I mean, Colorado State, Stanford, um, maybe three wins. But I, I would preseason, I would have never picked them to beat TCU. You know, you never beat picking to beat USC, never picking to beat Oregon, which you know they did lose two of those three, but they were in the. You know, they made a hell of a comeback against USC. Right. They made they made that a game. Yeah, sure. And they they beat they beat the shit out of TCU, and so yeah, I mean, still very impressive what's going on. Oh yeah, and and he's gonna he's gonna do big things with a full recruiting cycle. So 
I mean, right now I think they're like 70-something in recruiting. So, you know, it's it's a little slow. Yeah. It's a little slow, but, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk Bama, Tennessee, man. Okay. Yep. What you think? Well, I mean, I like our chances. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was uh, Saturday uh, was down uh, at my daughter's. It was her boyfriend's birthday, so they they wanted to host the the Bama viewing party, and uh, Peyton was there, and uh, <laughs> he kept talking about overthrow Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like that nickname. So talking about Joe Milton, the quarterback of Tennessee, yeah. and he was, I mean, he was missing wide open receivers. If that Joe Milton is what shows up and Alabama can slow that, Tennessee's got a hell of a running game. I mean, they we only got, what, 28 yards rushing against A&M? They had like over 200 right. against A&M's front. So, I mean, they got a hell of a running game. Not much in the air. So if if our front seven and, and we got a hell of a front seven, you know, right <laughs> right up, right up there with yeah, both teams do. Hell of a front seven. Both teams do. So basically, it's going to be you know controlling the line of scrimmage, slowing down the other team's running game, and then it comes down to which quarterback can can make more plays. And right now, I'd put my money on on Milrow oh, yeah. over Milton. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think uh, – I mean, I think, obviously, you mentioned it. I mean, it's a it's a game of, of the lines for sure. We got we to gotta basically stuff their run and, and let Joe Milton win, beat us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what you it's, do. It's a, yeah, you got to take, take away the running game and see really if Joe Not really afraid of their receiving core without Brew. You know, without without him, I mean, I'm not really afraid of their You're receiving You're not afraid of Squirrel? Core. Is that what they call him, Squirrel? <laughs> no, no, Brew, Brew is Brew. They got another receiver. Oh, from, yeah. And he's actually from the state of Alabama. Oh, named Squirrel. And his first, you know, it's kind of like Kool-Aid, McKinney oh, Street. Yeah. So, he, he grew up being called Squirrel. Oh, Kool-Aid's Might much be cooler. White, maybe? Squirrel White? I don't remember his last name. But yeah, anyway. no, I mean, I think, I think DB-wise, I'm, I'm confident we can, we can lock him down and pin our ears back and have you stop heard, that Have run. you heard anything about Malachi? No, I, I didn't. I looked. I, yeah. I looked for news. You know, Alabama's always tight-lipped on right. on the injury. This is a game I would love to have Malachi back. Yeah. Because not just for his pass defense, but because he is such a good run defender off right. the edges. Right. So I, 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 I would really love to have Malachi back for this game. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing against Tennessee is um, – you know they like to run that up tempo crap. So I don't think they're doing they, that as much this year though. Because they against us though, because they're they're not an aerial attack. Yeah, but if they get rolling on the running, yeah, game, yeah, if, we, yeah. if, if we can't try to stop try them, to wear out our front. Yeah, they're gonna try to wear us out, and I think that's always been sort of the been sort of the secret sauce against a Bama D is try to tempo Alabama's yeah, but big I think, front. I think. Our, I think our guys are in a little bit better shape this year. You know, oh, I'm, I'm when you look at when you look at Latham, for sure. You look at Latham. You look at uh, Tim. Uh, what's his name? Fifty. Timmy. <laughs> Tim Timmy. Tim Timmy. <laughs> Tim. Shit, I can't. Remember. I don't, don't know. Forgot his I name. forgot his I'm last pulling, name. I'm pulling a duck and draw no, blanks. I know. You looking at me to answer yeah. that question? Anyway, Smith. Timmy Smith. Yeah, Timmy. that's it. Yeah. Um, oh, and. Uh, and Otis, you know, he's dropped a lot of weight, so he he's not going to wear out 
quite as bad as he did last season. But anyway, yeah. So hopefully we're better equipped to be able to combat that, and and hopefully they learned their lesson last year and they'll use a couple of timeouts in the first half to prevent that. Yeah, I look for uh, I look for us to uh, we got to we got to stay out of third and long. We got to manage Jalen in some some third and shorts. You know, I don't I don't like us in third and longs. We get behind the chains. I don't like I don't like Jalen in that game. I right. prefer him to stay, you know, third and mid range to third and short if we can manage that. Um well, I, I definitely think it being in Tuscaloosa this year is a huge advantage because that crowd played a role in Tennessee winning last year. Sure. Yeah. We and, struggle and, you on, know, the, on the road and, anyway. And Tennessee has really only had one road game this year. And that's their loss at Florida against a not very good Florida team right. who completely shut down their run game and uh, put it on Joe Milton's shoulders. Yeah. And, and he's really not – he's not – he's never been accurate. Yeah. I mean, as a as a Michigan closet fan. You know, with a run uh, game – Joe Milton was, was my guy for at one point. With, I love him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With a run game, the offense needs to be able to get, get off the ball before the defensive line. But when you're on the road and your linemen can't hear, they're not, they're, everybody's going to get off at the same time. So I think that's where it being in Tuscaloosa can help neutralize that offensive line, that run game a little bit, by not, not allowing their offensive linemen to be able to hear the snap to get that, that quick first step and now hopefully take advantage of that. Hopefully it neutralizes our pre-snap penalties. I mean that's that's yeah that's, that's been, huge. Yeah, I mean that's, that's, that's huge. been a big problem yeah. too. And and hopefully we can get a tight end over or a running back over on the left side and and lend some help. Yeah, that, I, yeah, I would hope they would do that because you saw it again last week. Was Proctor was getting beat on a speed rush and we weren't helping. And, him. What's and the, the coach? How does a, the coach how does never chipped. Coach not see this yeah that i don't I we got eight thousand analysts up there in the press box. i never saw dupree on the field you know and we brought him in as a maryland transfer because he was supposed to be that complete tight end do we play even in. have a tight end that helps no that's what i'm saying <laughs> that he should exactly. he should be that guy he should be your inline tight end that chips on that defensive end to slow him down, give Proctor an extra second to, to do his drop step. Here's my problem with and, and we're done on the, the UT Alabama games, you know, keys to victory. <laughs> Here's my problem with Saban, or Alabama actually. Like, why do we have an offensive coordinator who's learning on the job? We're Alabama. Why do we have an OC Who's learning on the job? That's that's I understand. Supposedly he wasn't. I mean, but he is. He is because he. You know, we've talked about this since game one. You know, Tommy, Tommy Reese. It just he doesn't he doesn't call a play to set up a play, and he and he he forgets. You know, like how often have we gotten our tight ends involved? Not enough, and we got some weapons. I mean, every time Niblock does get a chance. He does something. He does. He he seems like a matchup I, nightmare. I don't know what's happened to, to Dupree. I mean, I he, mean, no. I thought I thought he was supposed to be a, an all round, you know, like good tight. Yeah, good know. tight end. But I mean, I I think he's probably capable, but he's not getting his number called. Right. 
So, I mean, and, and we talked about Bama murder ball, you, with, you know, before the right. season. And when have we gone back to some of, of what, what our identity used to be? We don't call any receivers, I mean, uh, running back screen plays. Right. You know, the stuff that we used to win games off you of. You would think with Reese coming from Notre Dame and their history of involving the tight ends. Sure, yeah, exactly. That, that our tight ends would be salivating to play for this game. Didn't they have a first-round draft pick yeah, last year? Yeah, tight end? yeah. So, I mean, it's a little frustrating that he's learning on the job. So, yeah, you know, it almost feels like getting Tommy Reese at the point when Saban was able to get him, I hate to say it was a consolation prize, but... It did, it did feel like we were settling on maybe the best thing that was out there, willing to willing to jump. Yeah, and, and he, he was a hot name, you know, a lot of... A lot of people were were on the Tommy Reese bandwagon, so. And I'm I'm not like I'm not like totally against him either. I mean I I mean he's the OC. I'm behind him, but at the same time, I guess my point was is why are we learning on the job at at our school at Alabama where you know we are we're Alabama. I mean right. we don't need to we don't need to be learning on the job. Well, uh, the guy that left. And went to um, Michigan as the OC for uh, for yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah, uh, you know he wanted to. He wanted. He the job wanted the OC, and, but Saban and, wouldn't give it to him because Gaddis, Josh, Josh. Gaddis, uh, Saban wouldn't give it to him because he didn't have any previous OC experience. Right. And you know, does that prove to be valuable? I mean, O'Brien well, didn't. Josh. O'Brien didn't do good. Reese so far is not doing good. Josh Gaddis has not been that great. No, he hasn't, but so I mean, you know, he was within the system. Could he have made that evolution from a position coach into a coordinator? We'll never know. I but, just don't understand why we don't have a hot up and coming, you know, assistant coach in the program already that that couldn't be molded into an OC, somebody that we could probably count on for many years, you know, like Kirby. Yeah. Kirby, we counted on you. Kirby stayed with Nick for nine years, and that's what we need. Our continuity is, has sucked at Alabama uh -huh. for many years. Now, Nick has always overcome it. He's overcome it with talent, and he's overcome it with many great assistants, but now the assistant pool has dried up, in my opinion. They're all head coaches now. Right. The real high caliber assistant pools dried up, so like you said, I think we've settled for Tommy Reese, and you know, I think I think he's shown some, promise. he's shown some promise, and maybe he can be call. that that coach that stays with us for many years and, and evolves in into a a hell of an offense coordinator. Yeah. So we'll just have to trust in Saban. Yeah. Well, I'm all right <laughs> with that. I mean, we always do kind of. Trust in saving. Yeah. Our Saturdays, we rely on them. Yep, yep. Well, you know, it's funny because winning every week by 30, 40 points gets gets boring. But fun. But, yeah, and, and now that the games are actually, you know, neck and neck, it's like, what happened to Alabama? Well, but now the games are a little bit more enjoyable, and, and it's, I think it's more enjoyable for outsiders to watch because they're competitive games. And it gives sure. the people that are pulling against us gives a fighting them. chance. But, 
And here we are at, at 11, and we're, we're considering the season a potential bust, and we're, we're basically right there. Oh. I mean, went out and went, went out. out, and we're there, you know. Yeah, and, went out and we're champs. And next year, next year, you know, stub your toe a couple of times, and, and you still get into the playoffs. And even if you're a 12 seed, I mean, you can make a lot of noise. So, um, yeah, no, we're, we're fine now. We're yeah. fine. All right, well, let's uh, talk a little pro football uh, before we wrap up this segment. But, uh, <coughs> you know, there's there's no more undefeated teams in the NFL. The, the 72 Dolphins got to pop that champagne bottle. Yeah. Uh, I know Larry Zonka and Bob Greasy were, were present, and I think there was half a dozen. That's about all that's left, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it's, 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 it's Mercury getting, Morris. Yeah. Mercury Morris still around. Actually, I think he I think he was one of the ones that passed away in recent years. Um, Here's to you, Mercury. Yeah, uh, yeah. No. I don't think we'll ever see another undefeated team, especially now they've gone to 17 game schedule. Yeah, I, I just don't see. And we're we're playing inner yeah inner divisional games now, so you're crisscrossing into the other other conference, and so yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to be tough for sure. And we've had some runs at it. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, the but Patriots were the last legit shot, but uh, my Giants had to take care of that problem. So, of course, yeah, that was a crazy cat. I still don't even know if that was a real legit catch <laughs> or not. But, um, yeah, no, it's uh, man, it's hard to t- it's hard to say who's the best team. You know, just when I thought the 49ers were probably the elite, when healthy, they probably still are. You wow. know, this this past weekend they lost. Uh, CMC and Debo, their two best offensive players. Uh, <coughs> and, you know, Brock's – we talked about this before on, on other podcasts where you got some quarterbacks that can carry a team. Other quarterbacks kind of manage a team. Sure. And, and Brock's a manager. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, so. he's doing a fantastic job, well exceeding anybody's expectations. But he, he can't make your fourth-string wide receiver look – Invincible, right? Like right. like a Mahomes or a Brady could do. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, and he had to have the perfect situation. You know, he came into the perfect situation to succeed. You know, mm-hmm. you stick him on a Panthers right now oh, yeah, with an offensive line like that, and 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 he oh he would struggle mightily. Yeah, he, yeah, he'd be really struggling. So for sure, yeah. No, I mean, I still think you know, I still think the Niners and the Eagles. I think in the NFC, you got three teams right now that are, are the cream of the crop: the, the Lions, the Eagles, and the Niners. The Lions, I can't believe. I know. Saying Who would have ever thought we'd be saying the Lions? It's are the, cool though. I mean, I'm 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 glad. No, they've been built correctly. You know, they, their front office has gotten it right, and and um, yeah, my Giants aren't aren't they? They suck this year. So <clears> from the <throat> NFC. I'd like to see the Lions represent in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I can't, I can't imagine not wanting to see the Lions succeed. I mean, you, we've all watched the Lions from afar, and yeah. always kind of been a laugh. I'm, I'm a fan of their coaching staff. They've, yeah. they've got a handful of our Bama boys down there. Uh, yeah, Jameson, Jameson definitely makes them better. And if know. he could just learn to 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 catch the easy balls, <laughs> yeah, he he can make the circus catches. Makes those look routine, but when he's wide open and nobody around him and it's like, hits him right here in the hands, that's a drop. 
Yeah, he's going to make Amon Ra. Um, he's going to open now that. It. He's going to open that kid came out of him. nowhere. Well, and, did he though? I mean, he and was it's just good at USC, wasn't he? Well, I mean, he wasn't. He how many wide receivers were drafted ahead of him? Right. And you know, and of course, he uses that as motivation. But that kid, every you know, year, man, he's just gotten better and better. And, and, better. and when you look at him, he does. There's nothing. He's kind of small. He reminds me of Diggs, you know. He reminds me a lot of Stephon Diggs. Yeah. You know, he's got that kind of mentality and not he, quite as edgy as Diggs. He's fun to watch, though. He is he's fun. He's fun to watch. Jameson's gonna gonna move that top up a little yeah. bit longer and give yeah. him a lot of room. Yeah, because he likes to he likes to run them in routes. Yeah, he so does. You, if you take that safety deep with Jameson, yeah, he's gonna have a lot, gonna be a lot of yak. A lot of room for him to run for sure. What about the Panthers, man? I'm, you know, I'm. What do you do with? What do you do with? I mean, with, all you, all you can. Right. If you're, if you're the owner, and he's I, at zero and six. I mean, he's giving up the. I, I don't. If I'm the owner, I, I, I believe in Frank Reich. I think he did good things with the Colts. Uh, I, I, I got to see some of his coaching behind the scenes when, when the Colts were on, uh, hard knocks, and. Uh, I think he, I think he's, I think he can coach. I think what he needs to do is be the CEO, though. He he needs, and he's already given the play calling over to Tommy Brown, right. the offense coordinator. That that was a good first step. So he needs to, you know, it, it it's a pyramid. You know, he's at the top. He needs to let his OC and DC call their plays. Let the position coaches control. You know. Who who is playing? And uh, two games ago, Terrence Marshall only plays like three plays the whole game, and he's he's clearly like their second best receiver. Now, how does he only get? I mean, how does he sit over there quiet as a church mouse? Uh-huh. First of all, and only playing three plays, and your your coach can't even you know get the right personnel. And, and on I, the field. I, don't, I don't see Mingo out there as much as I think he should be out there either. Because yeah. I think I think. At least this, he's a rookie, though. Yeah, you know? but this season is about building for the future. This season was never – they were never going to be a playoff team this year. Let Bryce and Mingo develop that rapport that's going to carry you in the future when you do next year draft some offensive linemen, you know, or sign some free agents. Yeah, they definitely need to build on the line for sure, give Bryce a little bit more time to – you know, and pocket. and the, the stupidest thing they can do is trade away a Brian Burns. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, you're really already crazy. limited on talent. Don't get rid of your best players. Yeah, your best players that you hit on, you hit on in the draft, and so don't get rid of them because just because you recover, you know, a couple first rounds for Brian Burns doesn't mean you're going to hit on those two first round right. draft picks. And chances are so. you're going to be trading him to a playoff caliber team. And that first round draft pick is going to be in the twenties, right? You know, it's not yeah. going to be a top five draft. And now, exactly. if, you, if you can get a, tra- a top, you know, a top five, a couple, of, you know, one this year, one next year, yeah, you do that. Still, no guarantee that you're going. To no, get it, that there's no guarantee. Now. But the big thing is, is Burns is out there asking for, he's asking for Bosa money right now, and, and he's not putting up Bosa numbers. So, I mean, that's the big thing. I think he's coming in like around 30, 32 mil a year, and he's probably really only putting up 25 million But see, while, you, while you've got a quarterback on a rookie deal, you can afford 
Exactly. Pay the man his money and move on from him. Get him get him paid. Get him happy. Get him happy. Get him getting sacks. Yeah. Because you also start you also have blocks. to have some talent to draw free agents to your team. Exactly. You know, if, yeah. if if a free agent looks at your squad and you ain't got nobody, they ain't gonna want to come here. Do you sometimes think that we chose the wrong careers? Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I mean, I think I could I think I could abuse Scott Fitter. <laughs> oh, I know I could. Actually, rush. you you could probably be Fitter, and I could take Reich's position. I was gonna say I, I know I could I know I could run a franchise. I feel like we definitely went down the wrong path. <laughs> Missed our calling for sure on that, but mm-hmm. at any rate. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm happy. I think Bryce is really looking – Bryce, to me, Bryce is looking good. He's he's doing the, the right things. He's getting better. But you got to give the man some protection. Got to protect him. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so, mm. uh, so my Giants came close but fell short. Yeah. Coach, coach. I don't know if a team has ever finished both halves at the one-yard line and lost a game by five points in the history of the NFL. Yeah, you're you're well as a backup quarterback. But you would think, well, yeah, you would think as much. That, that's one of the better starts. I was going to say that's one of that's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, easily he's got the experience. You know, and, and you wouldn't think. And he, he, and he took he, he he owned it. He he said I. He got his ass ripped. I, I made the mistake. I shouldn't have audible out of the pass. Nine seconds left. He, I mean, the read on a normal play, yes, the read was to run the ball. But that wasn't a normal play. That was, you want to get the points going into the half, throw the ball. If it's not open, you throw it away, send out your kicker, get your three points. Right. Then at the end of the game, you know, there was a controversial pass interference, but I, I wasn't even pissed that. I mean, I, they could have called it, it but I also called, it, but it I was one of the it was one of those that could have went, and they had just called a pass interference, so that would have right. been that would have been two consecutive pass interferences against the same guy because it was both on Waller. Uh, they're not going to call that. No. So you keep that field goal at the end of the first half, and everything plays out the same. You're in a position to kick the field goal for the victory, but that's what one in five teams do. Right. Right. But on the flip side of that, there's two teams I can't figure out. Yeah, yeah. The, the Cowboys and the Bills. Yeah, the cow the Cowboys for sure, man. I mean they, they can look one week they look they like look, world beaters. They look like the, the East champions. Then the next week they look like the cellar dwellers. Yeah, it's, it's and the Bills have been the same way. They they played the Dolphins and, and destroyed them, looked invincible. Then they go up against a very weak Giants team, and they can't put put but fourteen points on the board. Right, right. Struggle, man. So it's it. Dak, Dak. Dak looks Dak, like an All Pro one week. Yeah, and, Dak, and and, that, and looks, that's kind of the knock on them. And that's you know, you got a lot of these quarterbacks that can put up these gaudy stats, but at the end of the day, they don't get your team over the hump. They don't get you the wins in the close games. They don't get you the wins in the playoffs. You know, Justin Herbert's the same way. He'll put up fantasy stats. He's, he's probably a top three fantasy quarterback. 
but what's he done on the field? Uh, real life quarterback, you he's know, kind of, he's kind of like just a dud. You put, I don't want to call him a bust. No, no, I mean, not a bust, but, but but put put the game on the line and put the ball in his hands. You know, this watch weekend, him, watch him throw or Monday night. Yeah, uh, you know, we're talking about the Cowboys. They, Michael Parsons hadn't had a sack all night long. Last right. drive of the game where they needed they needed Herbert to step up, he takes the sack on one play, and then on the next play, throws a, a bad interception. Yeah, really bad. So, you know, that's, he looks he looks lost in in times. And these league. are the quarterbacks that are getting the money. I know. Dak I know. is one of the highest paid quarterbacks. Herbert's one of the highest paid quarterbacks. Well, Dak, I kind of agree with because his owner is just an idiot. <laughs> You know, I mean, his owner likes somebody, and he just pays him. Doesn't matter what he does on the field. Well, that's that's why it surprised me that they let Ezekiel go. Yeah, because he did. Because like he's him. always loved Zeke. Well, that's what they said for but, sure. Uh, he, I was shocked. He let too. him go. So, because I yeah. really don't, I really don't see, uh, I really don't see. Um, what's the, uh, what's the backup? The kid that took is it Pollard? Pollard, Tony Pollard. I really don't see Pollard being – he's not really taking a hold of that position. Yeah, well, I mean, when while Zeke was still there and you're watching the games, everybody's – Well, Pollard looked like – Yeah, everybody's the, got the, the opinion. Pollard's the better of the two. Right, but now that he's the workhorse or the man – Yeah, some, some running backs need, really need to be in – They need to be in that, that shared exactly. system, you know, because then, you know – Zeke was out there pounding, 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 and then the defense is getting used to this guy pounding, sure. pounding, pounding. And then Pollard, boom, he would hit you with, with a big Fast game. Fast twitch. Fast twitch. And but when that's the one you're preparing for, you're, you're mm -hmm. taking that away. Thunder and lightning. Uh -huh. They were good together. Right. Not so good in parts. Exactly. Yeah. Matt Pollard, Pollard, I don't think is proven out to be a workhorse running back. But this – I didn't think he was – Last year, right now he he I thought he, that he was needs, risky. Yeah, he needs he needs he needs some thunder. He's yep. the lightning. He needs the thunder. And uh, Dowdle, Rico Dowdle, I don't. He ain't it. No, nah, come on, man. <laughs> That's, he's a good third string man. He's, he's good. He, like he if gonna, you got, he's gonna be on the special teams. Exactly. And if, if you need him to come in and, were, in, a, in a pinch, they were talking his name up about three weeks ago. Like he's gonna start getting more carries. Come on, man. That's, <laughs> No, he's not. No, he's not. He might in a game because of an injury, but Pollard is not a workhorse. Dowdle isn't. You know, he ain't no. He ain't a. He ain't, he ain't, a, he ain't two. a two. He no. ain't a two. He's a good third. He's a good three or a good practice player that you bring off from the practice squad when you got some injuries. But uh -huh. I mean, you can see that from 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 our seat. Yeah. But what do we know? But it's shaping up to be an entertaining NFL season this year because no team. You know, it looked like the Niners were clearly the best team, but now they're showing some kinks to their armor, and especially when their stars are banged up. I still think my Vikings got a chance. They can go on a win streak and they get some dubs. They still got a chance, man. They're offensively, they're – no? All right, fuck it. We they don't like it, but I like the Vikings still. I still think the Vikings have a chance. Apparently I'm going to have to get me some more of that beekeeper because <laughs> – it gets you thinking a little cray cray. Whatever. But yeah. now, yeah, I, you know, the, the Eagles I thought were a complete team, but, you know, they're they're struggling. They're having some injuries. 
some of them big Georgia boys ain't ain't holding up on that defensive line and oh, linebackers. Man, so out of damn shape, they can only so they can only uh, play about three plays at a at a half, and then they're <laughs> gas. Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis has. I mean, he's a game changer, but damn, that kid's so out of shape. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's 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 going to shape up to be a, you know the the Dolphins. I don't know what to I don't know what to think there yet either because they really haven't beat anybody. You know who the best team is? It's the damn Chiefs. Ain't gonna lie to you. I mean they're yeah they're, they're quiet until yeah until some and, and they probably love the fact that nobody's really talking about they're them. They're really not. They kind of they kind of wrote them off because they lost early. Yeah. You know, and we've all kind of quit. We were like, ah, the Chiefs lost. They're not that great. They made, you know, they they lost a few dudes. Now, and, now that Brady has retired, Patrick Holmes, Patrick Holmes. Holmes. I'm, I'm thinking the State Farm commercials. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is is the, is the Tom Brady now. Don't ever count their that team out because he's gonna throw them on his back and do whatever he has to do to get the W. Yeah, yeah. They're they're definitely. To me, they're the team to be at this point. Yeah, they just I mean, they just, just traded for for an for an old old friend of theirs. They yeah. brought Nicole Hardman back, and they knew how to use Hardman. The Jets, I don't even know if he's got a catch for the Jets this year. Yeah, I think the Jets just had a too many well, too many people and yeah. too many horses in the yeah, stadium. Yeah, and I think also uh, Zach Wilson is not going to know how to get everybody involved. Aaron right. Rodgers would have been able to yeah. involve more of the receivers. Zach ain't to that level yet. I almost wanted to talk a little bit about Zach and give him a little bit of credit. I, I tell you, he he's, you know, there's a lot of noise about he should never start a game again. And, I mean, he's he's learning on the job. Sure. And I he's, mean, I, he's showing some improvements. And Two weeks ago, I thought he, you know, we, we didn't do a podcast two weeks right. ago. And I was set to really talk about him because I had to eat a little crow on him because I did call him a big bust and – and then two weeks ago, he looked pretty decent. And then last week, he didn't look so good again. But, you know, he still he still has incrementally gotten a little bit better this but, year. And he's, he's one that needs a good OC that's going to keep him in his lanes. Sure. You know, it, it, if you let him – if you call the wrong plays you, where – You cannot make him go through two, more than right, two progressions. More than two progressions. <laughs> he can't do it. No. He can't do it, man. Uh-huh. He looks lost when he when he looks out at his first and his second, and they're not open. He's lost, man. You can see it. Yep. You can see it. Yeah. And that to me comes down to play calling. Yeah. And, and, and the play, play design. The, yeah, the play design and play calling. You have to know your personnel and fit the plays to your personnel to put them in a position to succeed. Yep. Period. Absolutely. Well, I think that's about all I had. Oh, one one more thing. D'Amico Ryans, our Alabama linebacker. Got to give him a shout-out because sure. what he's doing with that young Texans team has been impressive. It has. He's got them at 3-3. Three and three and uh, Got them playing pretty good football, yeah, for sure. Got got a lot of young talent out there. And uh, and they got a good draft. You know, they, 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 did, good, draft, they did real you know, good in the draft. They're drafting well. They got the right coach, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they hit a home run on their quarterback. Yeah, yeah. you know he looks like he's definitely a uh, franchise guy. Yep, keeps surrounding him with some players. They need another. They need a, a receiver. Yeah, they need a, a true number one. I think I like that uh, Nico. I like Tank. 
Yeah, I think I think they got a really good pieces, but yeah. I don't think they got a true clear number cut one. number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah cuz you got Nico and and Tank are are really good receivers, but yeah. is one really an alpha dog number one? I mean, Nico's Nico's bad. probably the closest Nico's to it. Nico's badass. I loved him in college yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Go blue, by the way, Nico. <laughs> but um yeah, no, they get them a number one, man. They definitely got their franchise guy at quarterback, and they've got really good pieces. And I think we talked about this last year that we thought they were a two-year away from being good. The Jaguars were a year away from mm-hmm. being good. And the Jags actually did us one year better. And I think the Texans are doing us one year better because yeah. I do think the Texans are a year in front of what we I thought schedule. was their schedule to actually be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, right now you got the Jags leading that division at four and two, and Texans are right there at three and three, right, right behind them in the mix for so, sure. Yeah, so I just wanted to recognize D'Amico because, yeah, as a rookie head coach, doing a great job, absolutely. All right, well, let's wrap up the sports talk and uh, let's get into some uh, old elk cigar mm-hmm. cut and yeah. see what we got going on there. Yeah, let's rate, right. rate that shit, right? Yep, cheers. Cheers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bourbon Buzz and Ballin' Podcast, and it's time to rate that shit. We got us a new bourbon. What are we drinking today? We do. You know, it's Tennessee Hate Week, and the one thing associated with the Alabama-Tennessee game is cigars. Good so, old cigars. So this week, can't do no <laughs> so this week, you know, we've been on the Old Elk kick. Yep. This will be the fourth one we, we've done. This is the Old Elk Cigar Cut. Obviously, it's from the Old Elk Distillery in Fort Collins, Colorado. High proof, 110.6. It, it uses the, the high, their high barley mash bill. So that's 51% corn, 34% barley, and 15% rye. Now, it's aged kind of twice. The primary aging is done at minimum of six years. And then they do a secondary aging, and I got a chart to kind of show, you know, they use a sherry cask, a port cask, a cognac cask, a few casks that they put these in, and they're going to age it another year and a half in various combinations of these casks. So, very interesting. You know, I I thought maybe the cigar cut was, they were saying, hey, enjoy a good cigar with it. But the reason they came up with it is they want you to break this out for moments when you would fire up one of your stogies, okay. like like a birth of a child or or celebration of an Alabama victory over Tennessee, you know. Real so high. they're trying to, for people that don't like a cigar, they want you to, okay, okay. here you go. This, wow. is, this is the cigar cut. I always wondered, you know, what is, why is, why is this the cigar cut? So that's where they're coming from is we want you to have a bourbon that will take a place of, you know, you can break it out and use it like you would a cigar. So is this their finest? This is this is, is their top of the line? Uh, no, well, it's, it's up there. Now, this the, it is going to cost you, depending on where you live, it's going to cost you anywhere from $120 to $170. Yeah. This, so it's, I it, spent $130, I yeah, think. $129 so. exact. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. So yeah, it, it, it it's gonna cost you, and so it's it's and and the reason it's gonna cost you, like I said, they're expecting you to put this on your shelf 
and break it out for special occasions. All right. So that's why it's called the cigar cut. Now the aroma is supposed to be caramel, dark fruit, and oak and nutty. Man, I've been looking forward to this one for months. Your palate, they're saying creme brulee, citrus, and then spiced dark fruits. Mm. And then your finish should be oak, caramel, and vanilla. And it's supposed to have a long finish. It's supposed to really linger with you. Mm. Well, let's talk about our rating system while I'm processing this cigar cut. One through four for us. One, we don't like it. We don't recommend you buy it. Now, that's our opinion. We call that a brown bag. Two, it's getting better. Um, probably a, probably more like a stock bourbon, something you like to drink on the daily with a mixer made, with, you mix something in it. Um, we call that a mixer. Number three, getting a little bit better. Uh, might be high in proof, like, like this cigar cut that you might want to drop a rock in it. We call that on the rocks. And last but not least, the way we like to drink our bourbon, and that's four, that's neat. Speaking of fours. <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's a smooth, easy that's, like Sunday morning, man. This is this is a smooth, easy some, four. Th that's some good stuff this right there. This is a fine bourbon, it's got no doubt. Pretty amber color to it. The uh, the nose is fruity and nutty. Cream brulee. It is so smooth. It is so creamy. This is a silky smooth finish to me. I get this. I get that citrus. Man, it. I swear it tastes like black cherry to me. That dark yeah, fruit. Yeah, that dark that dark fruit. That, that I get black like cherry. cherry. Black yeah. cherry to me. That's. I mean, it is so creamy and smooth, viscous. It coats your mouth. It, it lingers, but it doesn't burn. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, like my mouth is tingling right yeah, now. Yeah, I can still, I'm still getting that finish right now as I'm talking, but that's not a burn finish. Old Elk, you hit a home run on this one. I ain't going to lie to you. You started out a little rough <laughs> for us, but it, yeah, it has been a trajectory up. And, and that's what you kind of want. You know, we, we started with one of their entry levels and we weren't real impressed with it. Right. And then it got a little better on the next one, the, the weeded blend. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it keeps getting a little bit better. And, and what was last week? The double wheat? Or no, last week was a small batch. Yeah, last week, week was a small was batch. Week two was a double The second one was a double was the, wheat. The, the mixed wheat, yeah. This one, man, it's an easy four for me, man. This, this is by this, far the best of the old elk that we've we've sampled. And this, this, I, I'm gonna go ahead and put this a high four, man, because yes. this goes way up the list right. on a bourbon that I wanna, I wanna just savor. Yeah, and 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 it is something that you don't want that you do wanna savor it's a for special, special occasion. I mean, it was expensive, no doubt, but it's to me, to me, you it know, could, that's worth the money. Yeah, that one's worth that one's worth hundred. 30, 140 He's saying bucks. it was worth my money. That's right. I'm glad you But I drank a lot of his bourbon, so. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, to me, that that's money well spent. That is a, that is a really well, good Well, I mean, bourbon. if you consider that for us to get a bottle of Blanton's around here, we're going to spend 100 bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 125 there's on a, the secondary yeah. in South Carolina. There's a lot more going on with this than there, there is really Blanton's. Is. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, I like it, man. I think, 
And, and this one is readily available in North Carolina, so that means it's pretty available to the rest of you. Well, until it's be. gone. Until it's gone. Yeah. Well, there's the... But I think... On the side of the bottle. That's, that's, the, the, that's the, what you put up there, wasn't it? Yeah. I definitely think... Uh, I definitely think this is probably going to stay on the shelf a while for that kind of money. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, you... And, that, and that's the way I am with... with my Blantons or my E.H. Taylor, my the ones that I, that are hard to get. Yeah, you don't want to just you just don't want to plow through them, right? Because then it. it's going to be gone, and who knows when you're going to find another one. <clears throat> this this would be to me. I know it's in your collection, not mine. But if it was in my collection, it, it'd be the one where if I'm celebrating something, or if I've got a, a great filet and lobster tail, you know, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, something that, that I want to enhance it with, with a, a great glass of bourbon, that's when I would break this out. Yeah, this one pairs well with a, with a high quality uh, cut of meat. Yeah, I, sure. this with a, with a, with a, <coughs> this with a, a nice filet. I'm sorry. Yeah, this with a nice filet. Yeah, you know, be, especially with the cognac, Finish and some of the pork finishes. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I think that's where we're getting that dark cherry. Yeah, oh, is yeah. from that pork. Yeah, that's a good one, man. You can still go out and pick this one up. Yeah, I mean, it's still down at the Cheryl's Ford ABC. That's good. It is good yeah, I stuff. Might, I might have to go get a bottle of that myself. This beautiful bottle too. Mm -hmm. I mean, the old elk bottle. I really like. Definitely, uh, definitely happy with that purchase. Yeah, no, that that's a good one. You want, another, you want another pour? You want a little <laughs> bit more? Let's do just like a little bit more. Well, we, we, we've got to have something to, uh, I'll just pretend that's empty. Look. We've got to have something Look. to. That's like <laughs> barely even taste worthy. Something to, to, to say goodnight to our, our listeners. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah. Beautiful color, too. Yeah, that's. That's got a lot going on, and that's that's what I'm looking for when I give out my threes and fours, especially my fours. Yeah, I, I want I want multiple flavors, multiple aromas, a nice finish. You know, I, doesn't even really feel like a one ten to me. Absolutely not. There, like I said, it, it it's a got a long finish, but it's a it's a creamy finish, yeah. not a burn. Cream brulee was like on the money mm -hmm. that's on the money like a real rich flavorful cream brulee because even like cream brulee to me can be like eh. yeah and then some cream brulee you're like whoa that's right really and it, that's like a creme brulee with a cherry on top with a dark with a dark cherry like a filthy top. cherry filthy ooh, filthy cherry cream brulee that sounds like that <laughs> sounds like butter so yeah if you if if, if you mm. got a chance to get a bottle of this old elk mm. cigar cut we we definitely recommend. Oh, did I just waste some? Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>